Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Hallelujah, amen. But uh, I'm sure Carl will be throwing something at me here soon, amen, hallelujah. Well, you know, I, I, um, you know along with what Pastor just said, uh, it, it's, it's pretty interesting to me that on this uh, last couple weeks I've been preaching in, I went to uh, Brighton, Colorado and preached for Brian and Laura Collins, Pastor Brian and Laura, they've been there for uh, a couple of years now ministering the gospel and, and you know, I, I was able to see a difference in, you know, I'm not taking away from anybody else that's ever been there pastoring or preaching, you know, everyone loves their pastor, amen? Can I get a bigger Amen. You know, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm glad to serve, and I'm so proud to serve here, and, and I love Pastor as much as you guys love Pastor, but, you know, I, I got to thinking, you know, and Brian, Pastor Brian and Laura, they're there, they're ministering in that place, and, and I'm seeing a maturity in that place that, that, that is just, it's, it's mind-boggling to see what God is actually doing in that place with those people. Some of those people are still there from before. I preached there many years ago, and when the church was uh, first started, I preached there many times, and, and I, I've seen a growth in the church, but not like I'm seeing right now in that church, amen? I, I, I went, and then I preached in the home church last Wednesday night, and then I had the opportunity to preach this last Sunday in Denver, Colorado with Pastor Marshall and Cherise, amen? How many know that that's always a fun time, amen? But I'm going to be honest with you, Pastor Marshall is... That church is growing. God is doing amazing things in that church. I'm seeing brand new people. Pastor, Pastor just got back from there not too long ago preaching in that church. But there are so many new people coming in, people getting saved. And, you know, we're not just a, a get people saved and send them on uh, business. Amen. That's not what we're in, in the business for. It's a soul. We're, we're in the soul winning business. Hallelujah. We want to see lives transformed and, and, and people's lives change and see people grow in a spiritual way. And, and even Sunday, Pastor Marshall was preaching. He was saying, well, I was preaching, but he was, he was giving a testimony how the owner of the building was, was going to knock out the back wall, the prayer room wall, and, and, and he was going to do all this work for them to enlarge the sanctuary. They had 100 people Sunday morning. It was powerful. The, the walls were blown out. And, and so this week, I, I talked to him today. He says, they're back there right now tearing out the wall in the back. They're doing this construction back there, and they're doing these things. And, you know, I know that God is doing something in our entire fellowship. I see it in the home church where, you know, I'm just so blessed to be able to, where I was ministered, where I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the altar where I cried, and, and, and to be able to preach from that pulpit, but to see the growth in our fellowship and to see how amazing God is doing such amazing things in everybody's lives in our fellowship. Amen. But, you know, I want to brag just a little bit tonight because, like Pastor said, I have been in a lot of our churches. Matter of fact, I've been in almost every one of our churches um, in our fellowship, especially in the United States. But, you know, I've been able to, to experience the change and, and to see what God is doing. And even though in the world things change so much, it's good to know that nothing has changed in our fellowship. It's good to know that, uh, you know, there's life and there's, uh, there's an expectancy and we come to church with an excitement uh, for God to do something powerful in our lives. Amen? And we're seeing that all over the fellowship. But one of the things that I'm seeing here, and I, and I talked to Pastor about this, and I feel it in my heart. It's almost like a burning, uh, uh, it, there's a burning in my spirit. Amen? And what, it, what this spirit is, is it's saying, you know, we have something so good. Do we even realize what we have? 
You know, and it's all around us. It's in you. It's in me. It's in, it's in people that come and visit this church. Uh, I have not met not one person that's walked in these doors that says, I do not like this church. There's nobody. I've never seen. I see one guy one day. I stood back here. I stood back here for an hour, and finally I told him an hour later, I said, sir, I said, if, there's, if, if, if you tell me everything about you right now, I won't, I won't have anything to hear about the next time I meet you. Amen. You know, you get those people that stop you in the back of the church. And, you know, I see maybe one or two people that, that just don't come back to church. Amen. But it's not the church that's the problem. It's something in that person. It's something in, in even in us. We can get a, a, a bad spirit. We can get an attitude against something. But I want you to know that where there is life, uh, there should be growth. Amen. And that's the title of my message this evening. Uh, where there is life, there should be growth. And I've used this title before, but I'm changing everything around in this. This is not the same sermon that I preached before, but I just feel like the Lord is ministering to me. And, you know, before I go any further, I want to show you something. I want to, uh, in just a second, I'm going to have Joelle put this picture up if you were able to get that. But um, in just a moment, I'm going to have her put it up. But, you know, I'm looking down here at this front row, and as Pastor mentioned, Carson and a bunch of these young men in the front row down here. I'm not trying to embarrass you, I promise you that, but... Do you know that today you might see yourself as going through the trials that you're going through in your life? You might see the troubles in school. You might see, and don't, don't, I'm not just talking to the young people. It's, it's all of us in this place, amen? You might not see where you're going in the future. You might not understand what's going on in your change and in your life right now. But, but I want to show you something that's going to be mind-boggling to you. Because when I was a young man, when I was your guys' age, we ran with our group of people. We had our friends, we had our, you know, our, our leaders in the church and everybody that we were raised with and cousins and this and that. But, you know, go ahead and put that picture up if you would. You won't know half of these guys. But it was, it was an amazing time because when I went home, we, we, you know, we got on the phone and we started calling some people. And, and here on the left, of course, is me and then a, a good friend that was raised in the church. His name is Gerald. Another one, there's Dustin right there. There's Pastor Paul. There's uh, the guy in the blue shirt is Mike Trujillo. He's my cousin. And then next to him, the, the chubby blind guy there, that's my, that's my cousin Andy, the one we're always teasing and tormenting. But that man has a call of God on his life and is doing amazing things for God. He's blind. Then I got my cousin Tony in the gray jacket and then his brother Pablo. So Pablo, Tony, and Mike, they're all brothers. But the reason I'm showing you this picture is because right now in the time of our life, where we're at in our life right now, you could go ahead and take that picture down. You know, there's all different walks of life in that picture all different walks of life. We were young men in the church when we were, you know, growing up, your, your age, those were all, we were all about your guys' age, maybe just a little bit older at that time, but God was doing some crazy things in our lives. We didn't understand what was happening. Some of us have gone on to ministry. Some have gone and hit, you know, um, Pablo, the one on the far end that had the goatee. That man has had 32 major surgeries. You've heard me preach about him before because this man has ran from God for most of his life. Loves the bottle more than, well, used to love the bottle more than anything in the world. Kind of very familiar to this testimony that Jesse gave up here where, you know, where, where he lived for the world and the world took over his life. Uh, that was my cousin Pablo. And still to this day, the only time that he can really get a, a joy in his life is when we get together and do something just like that. But you know, you're never too old and you're never beyond a place in your life where you cannot minister to somebody who is hurting. 
and all of these people in one way or another, including myself, we are hurting inside, whether it's a, a, an addiction, whether it's a, a mind battle, whether something is, there's always something that's going on in our lives. Can I get an amen? I know you guys have everything in order and there's nothing wrong in your life ever, but for me and the rest of these and pastor and his wife, we all go through struggles in our lives. But we need to understand the importance of, of what family is and what friendship is, amen? I know for a fact that if I ever fall and I ever, uh, if I'm ever going the wrong path, that pastor is going to come to me, not just as a pastor, but he's going to come to me as a friend and he's going to be there to encourage and lift me up. And that's exactly what we are to you in this place as well, is, and you are to us, is we are here to encourage and strengthen each other. Amen? If you have your Bibles, let's turn, if we could, to the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 47. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And verse 47 says, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Hallelujah. You know, that is such an encouraging word for me because, you know, there's no doubt it's a real blessing to be a part of a growing church and a growing fellowship. Amen. But beyond the fellowship, you know, we, we, we want to be like our home church, and, and they set the standard, and yes, we do everything like them, but when, when, when God is doing something, there's something special about the location. God works in locations. He works uh, in his will, his perfect will for our lives, amen? And right now, this is God's perfect will for every single one of us in our lives today. And what's amazing is here we see this growing church, and growth is a natural result of any healthy living organism. Can I get an amen? It's a very important thing, amen? And where there's life, there should be growth, as the title of this message says. In other words, where the Spirit of the Lord is alive, hallelujah, amen, where God is moving, where things are happening, in, in, in the midst of the Lord, there should be life in this place. In other words, there's no doubt in my mind, that's why our numbers have increased. That's why, that's why people are coming to this place, people we've never heard of or, or, or even known. There's a young man here tonight, uh, he's sitting back there, Wait, lift your hand up, young man, right back here, there you go, put your hand up. Yes, that young man right there, they met him on Sunday at a restaurant. And, and, and all of a sudden, I mean, he walks in this place today, Landon, I'm not sure who invited him, Landon, Destiny, but they sat, they talked to this young man, here he is in church tonight, he walks in this place tonight, and Jerry's dad recognizes the guy as he walks in the door. What an amazing testimony that, hey, you were our server at the restaurant the other day, that you can recognize somebody. You know, there's something, it's in the air, there's something contagious that is there that says, you know what, we, we, we don't look at you for who you are, what you're going through in your life, uh, but we look to you because we want to see God do a miracle in your life. We want to see God do something that's, that, that's a transformation in all of our lives. Now, let me tell you something. God doesn't just transform the new believer. 
God doesn't just change the person that comes to church for the very first time and gives his life to the Lord. God is in the business of transforming the ones that have served him for many years. Just like you and I today, when I come to church, I hope to leave this place completely different. And I'm preaching the message tonight. Because this message is not a message that I have prepared because I'm just the, the greatest sermon builder. Because, you know what, we all fail in those areas. But it's because God has put this in the heart of man to minister to his people tonight. Amen? We need to understand the importance of what God is doing. And this is especially relevant when we talk about the church. The New Testament church, what was it? It was a dynamic growth. The New Testament church, when we talk about this New Testament church, it's dynamic growth and spiritual life where believers were added to the kingdom of God. Where people that were, that, that, that were going through difficult times in their life, uh, they began to grow and spiritually they can get beyond uh, where they wanted to be because, you know what, in my own strength I fail, but with God I can do all things. Hallelujah. Amen. So praise God. So it was uh, believers were added and, and disciples uh, multiplied greatly. Churches multiplied. You know, one of the things I do want to touch in this particular area is, you know, pastor has entrusted in us leaders in this church. Amen? Not just us, but you as a leader, whoever's leaders in this church, uh, God has put you in that place, and, and, and God has used man to appoint us uh, in, 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 in this particular ministry that we're involved in. And I, I want to challenge you this morning that, or this evening that not only, you know, are we talking about, uh, you know, how wonderful God is doing things in this church, uh, but the responsibility that you and I have as men and women of God, as leaders in the kingdom of God, to lead the flock in the right direction. Amen? It's a serious business. This is not just, you know, we get up and preach or we get up and do an offering or we get up and, and, and open up a service or play an instrument or shake somebody's hand. But, but this is a serious, serious business. Every single person in this place today has that responsibility to build the kingdom of God. Amen. And not only to build it, but to lift each other up. It was interesting how Brother Jesse opened up by saying how we need to build each other up. Because really that's exactly what's happening in this church. And I believe that even though in years uh, there's been, uh, you know, relationship problems here and there, I see God doing something where he's pulling people together. Where he's breaking the, break, the, the, the chains and he's, and he's breaking those bridges and those, 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 those uh, draw gates that have been pulled up and, and, and to cause a, a separation in people's relationships. But I see a healing. I see God doing something powerful in this church, in our relationships. I talked to Pastor a couple weeks ago about, about you know, getting something going with our, uh, what, do, what do we, I'm lost with our program we do. Um, Rowdy, what's your group called? Next step. I, be, I really have been in this fellowship for 45 years, I promise. I can't remember my name sometimes. Hallelujah. Next step. What a wonderful opportunity that we all have to join a, part, a ministry that's already established and has a curriculum and has a, a way of doing things to introduce people to this fellowship and to this church. We have a great opportunity to get involved in something like that under great leadership in that ministry. It's a soul-winning ministry. It's, it's when somebody gives their life to the Lord. You know, we don't just send them out with the chickens and run around in the yard for a while. No, but we bring them in and we give them some filet mignon. We give them the word of God. We encourage them with strength and, and power, hallelujah, to go above and beyond where they thought they could ever go. You know, that's where you and I are today in our lives. 
You see, wherever you find growth, it's the result of dynamic. It's the result of a divine and spiritual life being ministered to. People getting their needs met. Amen? I'm always so encouraged to get online and listen to one of our sermons here in this church because it feeds our spirit. It's more than just a sermon that we're getting and more than just a lecture out of the Bible. Look, we, we can read this and we can, our feelings can get hurt really fast when you read the Bible. Can I get an amen? Because the Bible is sharper than a two-edged sword. Hallelujah. And it, and it hurts sometimes. Uh, when it penetrates our heart, uh, it does things to us. It causes us to either rebel or it causes us to line ourselves up with the things of God. See, where you hear tired old clicks and excuses, you'll find a tired and you'll find an old deadbeat church. Amen? We don't have a deadbeat church. Can I get an amen? You ought to give yourself a big hand clap of a praise on that one because I'll tell you what, we have a wonderful church, amen? So I want to talk to you about what causes and what makes a church grow. One thing I, th I think is so important is zeal. Zeal is a, is a, it's, it's a word that's used, uh, it's, it's a burning in the heart. It's a sensation, it's a fire, amen? The quality of zeal and enthusiasm, were in, were, they were an essential part of dynamic growth in the church in the book of Acts. And it was a powerful thing. And, and to experience, listen to this, these people were just plain excited about living their lives for God. And that's what I see in this place. I, in 1978, I gave my life to Jesus Christ in Victory World Outreach Church. I was a little hellion. I was a little boy running the, running the streets, and I came in and gave my life to Jesus. A few weeks ago, you heard Pastor Paul give the testimony of how when I first met him, the very first day I met him, I punched him in his eye with a ring. I'm not proud of that at all. I was a little embarrassed to hear him say it, but it happened. Amen? But you know what? That's where God does. He takes you from that, and he brings you to a place of maturity where you can grow in the Lord. You say, well, there's no hope for me because I have failed. Listen, there is hope for you. I got news for you. If you'll just get plugged in, oh, I'm telling you, get yourself in the water. Glory to God. You'll begin to grow. You'll begin to excel in the kingdom of God. I gave my life to Jesus. Amen. At, at, at eight years old, 1978, I'm telling on myself a little bit. Amen. But I came into a place where I saw hippies in the church, where they were sitting barefooted in the church. And I'm not just talking barefoot in socks. I'm talking about barefoot, bare feet, no socks, no sandals. The sandals were kicked over on the side. And, and, and as I was ministering in Pastor Brian's church, I remembered when he came in, just a couple of years after I did, him and his wife, they came into the church, and they were both hippies. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, you know, we got Pastor Don Portnova in, in Ireland. I remember Pastor Don and Loretta when they were, when I was a little boy, when I got saved, they were in the church and they were hippies. Beard, I mean, he had a beard out to here. They wore the headbands. They walked around with the slippers uh, and, and sat in church with their feet kicked up in the chairs. I'm telling you what, it was an amazing thing. But I saw a transformation in the church. I saw as Pastor Jones, listen, Pastor Jones will tell you, he is a revivalist. This man is a preacher. He, when he started this fellowship, uh, he began to preach. Uh, he would cast out devils and pray over the sick. Hallelujah. And that's why God began to move because God was in the healing of sick bodies. Amen. God was in demon-possessed people. I remember a man one time, he was 600 pounds. He was sitting on a person smaller than the smallest person we have in this church. I mean, you know, you can see Jocelyn sitting up here. She's, well, let, let's, Tristan, I mean, but Jocelyn, you're tinier. J sitting there and demon-possessed on the ground. 
sitting there, just demon-possessed, shaking all over. Ushers would jump up on the stage, and, and I'm telling you, the, the demons in that person would just throw those men off of the stage. I saw it with my eyes. We sat a man that was 600 pounds on the chest of this little person, and this person threw that man off of the stage. You say, well, how was that possible? I'll tell you how it's possible, because demons are real. But you know, when you cast out a demon and you show that demon that it has no power over you and you take authority over it and you get that demon to call out the name of Jesus, I got news for you. God will be glorified in that place. Hallelujah. And we began to see lives transformed. We began to see people come in by the groves and get saved and delivered and set free. Hallelujah. And the church began to grow. It went from 100, I mean, it went from 70 people. It jumped to 125. We are in that particular time of our life. Actually, it, when it went from 200 to about 350, that's where we're at. And now it's going from here. We're jumping to the next stage, which is about 500 to 600 people. And we're going to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this place. And God wants to prepare the heart of us, you and I, today. Amen. But it takes a zeal in our hearts to see a hunger for people. To say to the waiter at the restaurant, hey, yeah, I'd like to invite you out to my church. Yeah. You know, like Pastor said the other day, he invited somebody to the church and didn't even tell him he was the pastor. They just show up and they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you're the pastor of the church. Amen? There's nothing wrong with telling somebody, hey, listen, God is doing something awesome in my church, and I would love to have you come and visit. Glory to God. You know, they'll come from all over the place, and we have proof of that in this place right here because we come from all over the DFW area. Hallelujah. It blows my mind how some people, I mean, Pastor and, and, and Brendan Paul and several others, they drive all the way from Bridgeport and Bowie and all these different places to come to church to worship the Lord. Two and a half hours away in Oklahoma coming to church on Sunday mornings. Wow, what a, an amazing miracle that is. Do you know why it is? It's because there's a revival in the air. There's a spirit of revival that's in the people in this church. Hallelujah. Because we've been prepared. We have been ministered to. We have been fed. And we're not eating macaroni and cheese, glory to God. We're eating filet mignon and, and, and grilled shrimp. Hallelujah. How many like grilled shrimp? You see, I knew if I started talking about food, I'd wake you all up. Some of you got a smile I haven't seen in a long time. I said grilled shrimp and you were like, woohoo, glory to God. Amen. But you know what? This church is not a baby church. This church has a reputation over the entire, in, in, throughout the entire fellowship. You don't even know that. When you show up to conference, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. When I went to last Wednesday night, when I preached in the home church, I told him, I said, you all better be ready. I said, because Denton, Denton America, as, as Jimmy says, I said, Denton America, we coming to Colorado Springs. We coming to conference. Hallelujah. And guess what? We're going to come by the bus loads. We're going to come by the van loads. We're going to caravan. And, and there's some people, you don't even know what conference is right now, but you're coming to conference because we're going to take you to conference. Amen. If we have to turn the lights off in this place and, and close the doors and put a sign on the door, say, listen, we are closed down for the week because we are at our home conference in Colorado Springs, then that's what we'll have to do. Glory to God. Because guess what? We're going to be in conference. And I got news for you, Colorado Springs is just waiting to see how many people come for conference. Now, it's not a bragging show, I promise you that. That's not what we're doing this for. But we want our people to know what we're part of. 
We want our people to know. We want you, Victory World Outreach of Denton, or Denton America, as Jimmy says. Hallelujah. We want you to know that God is the same here. He's the same there. Glory to God. And the same today, yesterday, and forever, as the Bible says. Hallelujah. And his spirit is alive in you and I today. Glory to God. These people were so, plain, so excited to see God do amazing things and to experience his power working through them to see their, their world touched for Christ. Let me tell you something. Don't be afraid to ask for prayer. Don't be afraid for God to do a miracle in your life. Listen, if you don't ask out for God to do something in you, then he's going to hop right on over and do it for somebody else. You say, well, I'm just a dry, old, grouchy cuss. That's all I am. That's all I've ever been. I got news for you. God can set you free. I, amen. If God can save Tyler, God can save anybody. Hallelujah. If God can save Tyler in a day, every day like he has to save him every day, then God can save anybody. You know why I can torment him like that? Because I have a relationship with him, and he knows that I love him. He knows that his pastor loves him. He knows that this church loves him. And you want to know something? We are in the business of helping people get on their feet. Glory to God and understand who God is. Listen, we don't expect you to get up and recite the entire Bible and chapters. Uh, we just want you to fall in love with Jesus and be teachable. Hallelujah. You ever talk to somebody that's not teachable? You walk up to them and you say, hey, I, gotta, I, wanna, I wanna teach you how to do this. You know, and I've had this problem with my kids at times in their life because, you know, they've seen me do it and they think because they saw me do it, they can do it too. And yes, they can. They do pretty good, a pretty good job of doing what I do. But there's something important about listening to somebody trying to help you. There's something, it doesn't even matter. And, and, and I've had conversations this week with people. This, is, this does not pertain to our conversation at all. I promise you that. But maybe there's somebody in your ministry that's younger than you. Maybe there's somebody around you that, 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 that doesn't have a, a personality like you do, but, 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 but they're saved and they're striving to see God do great things in their life. And you know what? We're called to be a, a support and to humble ourselves to that leader that's been put there by God. You know, when we do that, we begin to see God do things. That's like a marriage. When a wife says, you know, I'm not saying a wife, you just do everything your husband says. My wife does everything I tell her to do if she feels like it. If she's in the mood, right? She'll do anything I tell her to do if she's in the mood to do it. But the truth of the matter is, is there's a way to get somebody to do something for you. There's a way to get somebody involved in the things of God. You may have the greatest vision in the world. Oh, I see that God's going to do this and God's going to do this. But if you cannot mobilize people, you're going to have a difficult time doing what God has put in your heart to do. Because God wants to use people. To help us mobilize, mobilize people to do his will for, for the church. To bring souls in. This weekend, we have, we have an amazing uh, uh, outreach this weekend. And it's an opportunity for us to go outside of the four walls of the church and, and do something amazing for God. Amen. And God's going to be able to do something. He's already gone before us. He's planting the seed. He's watering the ground. And God's already doing this miracle that we're going out to seek. Amen. You see, these people... It said, these men have turned the world upside down, is what the scripture said. These people were people whose hearts were on fire for God and filled with enthusiasm for the cause of Christ. I want you to challenge yourself tonight and ask yourself the question, is my heart, is there enthusiasm for Jesus Christ, for the things of God in my life? Is there an enthusiasm in my spirit? Do I have a zeal? Do I have a hunger to see anything besides myself get something from God? 
You know, because it's one thing for us to come in this place uh, and expect for God to do something in me. God, I need something. God, I want you to change me. God, I want you to help me. Lord, I need encouragement, God. Oh, Lord, I need uh, finances, God. I need this or I need that. We can go down the list all day long about things that we need. But when's the last time you said, Lord, I see a need in this family? I see a need over here, Lord. I see this man over here who's struggling. Lord, and I just want to be a friend to him. Not, a, not, not somebody that just nitpicks and pulls everything out. My kids will tell you that I've, I've hardly ever just really nitpicked in their, in, their, in, their, uh, in their failures, in their shortcomings. I've always had a way to encourage my kids. and Even though at times I have been a father that has maybe said the wrong thing to discourage or, or to make them feel inadequate in their lives. But you know how you get people to stand with you? Is you, 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 you get into their life and you ask them, what is going on in your life? You say, well, my kids are tiny. They're little. No, this is when you start. This is when you start. You bring them to church. You don't give them an option to stay home. You say, we're going to church tonight. You know, my, my wife's daddy, he told the whole church all his life, he said, my kids were raised on drugs. We drug them to church every service. Hallelujah. We got them there. Our kids, we got our kids there. My kids were the ushers. They were the song leaders. They were the, they were the instrument players. My kids were the altar workers putting out the tissue. My kids did everything because we were in the life-changing business. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you tonight that, you know, God is at work in this place. And I, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of people here tonight that, that are not here tonight that should be here tonight. But I don't want to beat them down. I don't want to discourage you. There's a lot of people watching online tonight, maybe because you're working or because you just can't be here. But I got news for you. God wants to do something powerful in your life. We got some young people. Danny, I want to tell you something. God has a call of life, a call of God. He has a call on your life. And this call is greater than it's ever been that you've ever seen in your life. This is from the Holy Ghost. This is not from me. But God says, he says, I want you to be the person that I've called you to be. He says, stand with me. He says, I'll lead you. I'll guide you. He says, I'll direct you. I will protect you from the wickedness, uh, the vials of this earth. Uh, he says, I'll lift you up to the higher ground, he says, and I'll pour my blessing upon you. It'll be greater than you can ever, ever, ever even understand. But he says, get yourself to that higher place. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise for that. Amen. I want to encourage you tonight. There's a lot of us in this place today. I don't think we understand, even though we know where we're at, you know where you stand, you know who you are in today's world, but I don't, I don't think you understand what you have sitting right over here in this corner. You know, I remember a day when, and I'm going to be honest with you, I ran from God most, most years, all the way till I was 35 years old, and this man right here. Well, he punished me, too. I'll tell you the story about the sermon I preached. But he told me one day, he says, you know what? He says, you have a call of God in your life to preach the gospel. And I rebuked it. I did. I, he'll tell you. I mean, I said, no, I ain't preaching. I'm never going to preach. I don't want to preach. God didn't call me to preach. I don't, I don't want nothing to do with it. And I told him that straight up. Many times I told him. And he says, no. And he gave me a word just like I just gave you, Danny. But he gave me a word and told me, he said, you're going to preach the gospel. And, and it, 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 was, it was never a fear. I didn't have a fear. It's not a fear of, of preaching. It was a fear of, of, of being right with God. Not just in sin, because I didn't have sin in my life at the time. But it was an attitude. It was a character issue that was in me that wouldn't allow me to open myself up 100% to God and what God was really trying to do in my life. 
And because of that, I was rebellious against it. I was always rejecting it. Uh, but pastor told me, he said, and this is way back before we were even both pastors. He was in the, in the ministry at the time doing some other things. But we were, before we were pastors, he spoke that into my life. And I, I understood what he was trying to tell me because I've had preachers tell me this all of my life. I've got every scripture written in every one of my Bibles I have. And I, I heard it, but I just didn't believe it. And then one day he says, you know, you're going to preach for me in Spanish in our church in Palos. I said, oh, okay, Lord have mercy. He said, but you're going to do it in Spanish. And I was just learning Spanish. It took me, I'm still learning Spanish. I, I'm still trying to get it. But you know what? I gave up trying to learn it. I just say it. I just say whatever comes out of my mouth. Hallelujah. And I'm not really worried about it. Glory to God. If you know me, you know that's true about me. But he calls me in. He says, you're going to preach. And we were going to school still learning the language. And he calls me in. And he says, I want you to come preach for us. And I preached a message. It was probably the deadest message I've ever preached in my whole life. But it didn't matter because I didn't even know what I was doing or didn't really want to be there. But I was being obedient. And a big old storm came along. He says, well, it's going to rain tonight. So we put this tent up just in case. It's one of them big blue tents, you know, put it up over me on top of this big stage that they had built out there in the parking lot of the church. And he puts this big blue tarp over it. He said, it's only here just in case. And I got my notes up there. And I, I mean, I, I, if I thought hard enough, I could probably think of the notes that I preached and, and the sermon I preached. But it, it didn't matter because about 10 minutes into, five minutes into the message, and you see him laughing over here because it was the funniest thing you ever seen. A thunderstorm like you've never seen came rolling into that city and it bombarded me. Matter of fact, it was, it was so wet, my sermon just melted. My paper just melted. It was so wet outside. I didn't even have a sermon to preach. It was like, Dios le bendiga, hallelujah, gloria a Dios, Dios es bueno. You know, I was just trying to find words, enchilada, taco, all kinds of things. They were just coming to me. But you know what? It was amazing is that the rain went away and the spirit of God still moved in that place. But you know what the most important thing to me was? Is that no matter what I preached, like I could have had the opportunity to preach a message for the first time in front of Pastor Jones. Pastor Paul, him and I, we've been, we grew up eight years old. He was in that picture right there. I was so grateful that he went and met with these guys and, and hung out with us. It could have been anybody that I was raised with in ministry, but it was what God has done in our lives for today, where our kids are married, we share a grandchild, we're in the same church together. He's my pastor. I love his family, even Carla. We have a lot of funny stories. It's amazing. God has really changed me a lot. Amen. But I'm going to be honest with you. It was somebody believing in you. And sometimes it's somebody that is from the outside. Somebody that comes into your life and just makes a big difference in your life. And I know for a fact today that this pastor that we have today, Pastor Blake, Andrews and Carla, she's a big part of his ministry. And I'll say that about any great man of God, if he doesn't have that wife that stands with him. If you're ever going to go into ministry, you better make sure that your wife is stable and strong in the things of God because she has to stand with you. She has to encourage you. She has to strengthen you. She has to lift you up. And she has to lie to you when, you're, when your sermon is horrible. She has to say, you did a fabulous job. But I know without a doubt that God has placed us together in this very particular time. You know, I may have been in this fellowship for 45 years, but I don't know everything. I'm learning something new every single day. And I have a teachable spirit. 
Just because I've been in this for many years, I was, matter of fact, my mother was one of Pastor Jones's very first converts. He hadn't even pastored the church. He was visiting the church on a revival service when my mom got saved and gave her life to the Lord. So it goes way back, but you know what? Know something? It, it, to me, it's not even about that. It's it's the heart. It's it's the heart of the church. It's the heartbeat of God that is beating in this place. We we need to understand that today. That God's heartbeat is 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 pumping right here in this place. His bloodline, his the the the, the scarlet red uh, thread of redemption is moving in this place, and it goes from every single person's hand to the very next person's hand throughout this entire church. The power of God is at work in our lives. There's hope for all of us, and we need to take our eyes, and I really feel like the Lord is telling me to say this as she comes to play this evening, that we need to take our eyes off of our problems. We need to take our eyes off of our failures, the things we've been involved in, the things that we've done, the people that we've hurt, and the things that we've said. I'm going to ask you now, because I really believe it is God, that we take our mind off of those things, because all it's going to do is take us down the wrong path. It's going to take us down to a path where it eventually opens up uh, failure in our lives and maybe uh, insecurities. And God is saying, you know what? Bring yourself to a place where you can stand up, be proud of who you are in God's house. Hallelujah. And God's house is not just the church. It's your home. It's your family. It's everywhere you go when you go to work. It's sharing the things of God. You don't have to have a theological message to minister to somebody. Just love them for who they are. Every one of us in this place are different people. There's some people in this place, you, you won't want to sit with me for longer than 10 minutes because I'm either going to talk about God or business. Hallelujah. And that's it. We got to go to the Denver Nuggets game the other night in Denver and watch them beat the Golden State Warriors, the only game in the series they're going to beat them in. But that's okay. We got to fellowship. And when I'm sitting there, all I could think about is those hurting people. All I could think about, the desires that people have. I, I wanted to put a video up on the screen tonight of a man that was in the stadium, in the stands, just dancing away. He's probably 65 years old and saw the camera on him and started dancing like a wild man. It was hilarious. But guess what? There's insecurities in these people's lives. They're hurting. In your household, your children, your children's children, your family members, your friends at work, they're hurting for the things of God. And we have a place of refuge for them right here. Praise God. Victory World Outreach of Denton. I want to challenge you this evening, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, in reverence to God. I want to challenge you tonight to get beyond thinking the way that you think. Get beyond your selfish desires. What can I do? How can I be great? How can I excel? And start to think about those people that are all around you. Maybe start with your enemies. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.